Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is Davina Kawanohi. She is CEO and co-founder at Element Apothic. We're going to talk to her about the work they're doing in the cannabis space, the interesting kind of approach they have and really taking a sustainable, transparent approach to things sorely needed in this space. I think uh, one of the things we're struggling with as an industry uh, with so many new products, so many new companies is really knowing what's inside these things. How are they produced? How are they manufactured? You know, these are these are products we're putting inside of our body, on our body, in all sorts of different ways. So, uh, kind of knowing knowing what you're doing is is key to this. And and, and unfortunately, we're we're still kind of catching up as an industry to make sure that we're providing that information. Uh, you know, and really making sure we know what's in here. So, I'm excited for the conversation. I'm always interested in speaking with entrepreneurs who are coming to the space and creating new innovative things. Uh, so, I'm excited for the conversation. That Davina, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you. Yes, thank you so much. It's nice to be here today. 
Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the story and uh, kind of the history. What was your background? How did you get involved in cannabis? Give us the journey. Yeah. So uh, my background started, I mean, I started a while back actually in the internet space and was in charge of human resources and operational strategy and, and oftentimes was brought in very early when there was just the founders there to really help build the team and and lay out what the foundation of the structure was. And so that gave me a lot of opportunity to really understand how important it is to really bring in the right people, surround yourself with the people that don't, you know, that support the skills that you don't have and to really work together and, and rely on the expertise of, of people. I saw many a startup fail because the founder decided that they knew better than everybody else. And so <laughs> um, that was something that I eventually gravitated into consulting for, for startups um, and being able to come in and help them build that initial team and um, lay out their operational strategy, and, and that eventually evolved more into strategic planning as well. And so in terms of getting into the, the cannabis space, I was hired by a company several years ago that was working on a book and, and looking to do a social media um, app. And, and I just became so fascinated with it, not only because of the experience that I had and what I could bring, but also my dad was a Vietnam veteran. And so I grew up with cannabis as is really all around my life. Um, my family's also has a Hawaiian background, and so it's very accepted. But yeah. I remember coming home from school one day and saying, you know, hey, Dad, they asked us to raise our hand if our family, you know, we know anyone that does drugs, cocaine, and marijuana, <laughs> which is just crazy. And I said, and I didn't because I felt like you were going to get in trouble and they were going to come arrest you. And, you know, he explained to me that, that without this plant, he couldn't wake up, he couldn't survive, that it would, you know, just life would be so difficult. So, so I always had the belief and even myself in college that this, this plant really does help people. Yeah. Kind of transitioned into into the cannabis space of being able to utilize my skills and help companies that were in this space. And so when I got the opportunity to then launch my own company, an Element Apothic, I, I definitely welcomed that opportunity. And so and and how why get involved in the product you get involved in? I mean, tell us the kind of the interest in as opposed to just doing strategic planning for cannabis companies, why get involved in the actual product side? Yeah, and so I think a lot of it came down to really trying to understand my why. And it was great helping companies do this, but I, you also get them to a point where they don't need you anymore and then you leave. Yeah. And you never got to really see the transition of that company evolve. But also, specifically with Element Apothic, these products were initially created by my great aunt. Uh, many years ago, she was diagnosed with several autoimmune diseases and medical conditions. And so she decided to take her health into her, her own hands. And so she really decided to create products that could help her. And, you know, the, the medications were causing her more harm oftentimes. So she researched ingredients. She became well-versed in plant-based medicine and essential oils and and really helped herself with a prognosis that wasn't really great. She was partially bedridden and wasn't given a long time to live. And she was able to get out of bed and she was able to start functioning and living life. And people caught on to that and started asking her to create products for themselves as well. Um, eventually, she was selling in farmer's markets and a couple small retail stores about two years ago her knowing my background, she came to me and said, Hey, can you help me build a website? I, I really want to expand, but, but she's also older and she didn't really know exactly how to, how to do that or, or, you know, what exactly to do with this business. So a year ago, she basically handed the business over to me. And not only was I passionate about cannabis, but also living 
a clean life. I'm really careful about what I put in and on my body. And I'm always the person, you know, my friend that, that tells people, hey, do you know what you're putting in your hair when you wash, you know, use that shampoo? Or do you know what's in that makeup that you use? And so it, it blended well with my life and really frustration of how a lot of consumer product companies have treated the consumer and kind of left them behind for profit. So I thought, here, here's a great opportunity. I can utilize my skills to help launch this company. I can take something that my great aunt started that really impacted her and have an impact on, on other people and hopefully also have an impact in helping to transition this industry, which I think even more than other consumer products are, have kind of left the consumer behind because so many people jumped on this, you know, cannabis CBD bandwagon, just trying to make a quick dollar. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I've, I've got a, a friend of mine who I saw for a launch a while ago and, and uh, I was chewing some gum. She looks at me and she goes, you know, what are you chewing? And I'm gum. And she goes, what kind of gum? She, I show her the packet and she goes, you got to spit that out. I'm like, why? Well, she says, the stuff in there is horrible for you. <laughs> she literally like had me a napkin. It was like, you have to spit it out right now. I won't let have lunch with you. <laughs> you, you and, and you just, because you don't realize, you don't realize all the things that are out there and all the things they put in products, which, you know, are allowed, right? Just, yeah. just because they're allowed doesn't mean they're good for right. you. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think there's like 1,400 banned ingredients that we can use in the U.S. and personal care and beauty products and wellness products that you can't use in Canada or or in Europe or Japan. So, I mean, it's it's really sad that that's the situation that we're in. And so you have to trust yourself and, and really trust in other companies that have that mission to provide better. To trust yourself and, and really trust in other companies that have that mission to provide better. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it is a little scary. So how... So I guess when you looked at you know the products that were being developed in the cannabis space, I mean, what, what was what was the area? I mean, I, you know, there's all sorts of things you can do. I mean, you can you can focus on flour, you can focus on tinctures, you can do balms. I mean, there's so many different kind of angles to this. How did you decide that you were going to operate in this particular space in the cannabis area? Yeah, I mean, I think it. You know, a lot of it came down to the alignment in terms of these were the products that my uh, great aunt had already created, and although there were other products that have you know, other companies had already put out, and I realized when we launched, we were going into a really competitive space. But I felt like there was really an opportunity to to create um, products with the values that she had initially put in place, which was really clean products that every ingredient really had an impact. Some of the ingredients we use themselves are quite expensive, which does drive up the price. But but we also understood that that also helps people and. And so it kind of was a natural transition because she already did create tincture. She actually had grown her own cannabis plants in her living room and made her own Rick Simpson oil and, and also would, you know, have a high CBD plants that she would grow for tinctures for other people that were more cautious of higher levels of THC. And as she created mm-hmm. balms and lotions and everything that really could help replace personal care products that she had, but also help heal her at the same time. And yeah. so it, it just was a natural involvement into, okay, well, this is the path that we're going into. We have these incredible formulations that have already been created. Um, but for me, as you mentioned, also, these are things that we're telling people to put in and on their bodies. And so uh, what I was really passionate about in the beginning was having medical oversight over the formulations. And, and although she had researched them and studied them and, and really felt comfortable, I wasn't sure that I was comfortable telling other people to to put this in their body or to put this on their body. So we built a medical advisory team. I reached out to this incredible integrative gastrointestinal doctor and 
He's head of UC Irvine's integrative medicine department as well and said, hey, uh, Dr. Singh, can you look over all of these formulations <laughs> and I want to make sure that they're safe and the ingredients that we're using are, are okay um, and are going to really help people and not hurt them because that's really our goal right at the end of the day is to, to make a difference and have an impact. So, so we brought him on. Um, we have Dr. Swathi, who's an incredible integrative um, pharmacist as well. She actually created the first pharmacy program that received accreditation specifically around cannabis for PharmD students. So, so I felt like if we're putting, we're asking people to trust us, then, then we really need to have that validation behind uh, the products that we have and what ingredients can we use. And let's not just look at CBD as, as an additional ingredient, but let's look at other minor cannabinoids as well that could enhance the products. So we use CBG and CBN um, as well in various combinations in our products. Yeah. And, and how, I mean, as you go from, you know, being able to do kind of single batch home brewed, you know, for friends and family kind of mode to, you know, producing a product that's going to get put on shelves and, and produced at mass. What were some of the challenges or, or what was that process like for you and figuring out how to kind of scale up the production process? Yeah. So, I mean, really part of it was building the team. And so we brought on a COO that we have that has experience with manufacturing and logistics and things like that, because it's, as you said, it is a big transition point and I think a big opportunity to fail if you don't do it right, because if you demand and you can't supply, then that has a big impact. And so we did have to research manufacturers, which was tricky as well because of the formulations that we were using and committing to not using preservatives. There were several manufacturers that actually said they didn't want to work with us because it was going to take extra time through the R&D process and really working with them to be able to ensure that our products were, you know, stable and, and things like that. So so that was tricky and, and frustrating as well, because you think that that shouldn't be a problem. Um, but they would always say, well, what about just adding this preservative? That solves the issue. And we're like, no, that's you know, not, not what we want to do. And yeah, it was, it was really actually incredible. So that was a big challenge, um, working, trying to get our packaging um, and making sure that, that we weren't just dealing with the middleman, that we went directly to the source, because it's amazing how much money you can actually save when you when you realize that many packaging companies are just the middlemen and actually get their product packaging done somewhere else. Yeah. So those were some of the things that we looked at is how can we, how can we actually scale? Because like you said, we're, we're taking this business, we call it from the kitchen to the world is our, is our phrase. And so how do we Love it. as a business to really make sure that we have all of this process in place from, from our packaging to our manufacturing to uh, working with the shipping company, as well and how do we also through that process personalize it so that people feel like there's there's care in terms of how they get the package at home and what that experience is like so there's a lot of things that we took into consideration and doing that through covid proved sometimes to be uh, to be challenging just because people were going through you know so many things and there was delays on stuff we had delays on sourcing ingredients that we needed in, in the bulk amount that we required for our products um, and and just kind of sitting back sometimes and saying okay we we just have a 30-day extension now and so what can we do in this 30 days so we can enhance the business so when we do launch we have an even better story to tell so we used some of that time to get some of the certifications that we have we're pending b corp and one uh, percent for the planet and things that we thought we would some of them we wanted to do before we launched because we wanted to to walk the top, you know, not just say we do these things, but some of them we thought we would do 
after we launched, but instead you, you pivot and you figure out how can we maximize this time to, you know, to create a better launch when we do actually bring the products to market. Yeah, that's great. I, I see so many companies, you know, whether whether they were kind of about to launch or very early stages and then hit COVID and either had to pivot or, you know, readjust the forecast or existing companies that were, you know, just caught flat footed, right? Their, their business model or their business situation was not viable in COVID. And so, you know, having to scale. I mean, I guess what's your, you know, at this point where, you know, we're recording this in end of January 2021, you know, we still have a ways to go, I think, in terms of really kind of coming out of COVID. But I think the, the posture is much more around and you know, it will end, things will go back to some sense of new normal. How do you feel this is really going to impact your long-term business model? I think, you know, it's interesting because I think we, we launched, we just started selling our products the end of November. And so everything took longer. We, we launched late that we almost missed the holiday rush because people were already way ahead of us in advertising, especially this year. Um, yeah. people we're doing Black Friday specials the beginning of November, which was... Um, which was crazy. And so we saw all of this stuff happening. But at the same time, it allowed us to kind of slow down and, and really work through that process of making sure that everything was in alignment and working through any kinks that we experienced. And, and so I think, I think long term, it actually will benefit us because we did have to kind of pause and, and not rush and not just push things out and not get caught up in kind of that excitement of like, oh my gosh, we got to do this, we got to do that and sit back and, and really make sure that all of the boxes were checked and, and that we are, you know, we have the ability for growth if we get a large order now that, that we can fulfill that pretty quickly and, you know, turnaround times are fast and we, we have very established relationships with our ingredient manufacturers and stuff like that. I think a lot of companies hopefully are also taking that opportunity to, to do that as well and using this time to, um, to really be able to maximize their strategic plans and operational plans and, and make sure that everything is really in alignment. For the companies that, that aren't, then you know it's hard to say what's going to happen to some of those companies and their ability to manage through all of this because we don't really know how long this is going to continue to last, even though you know vaccines out there and all this stuff. Yeah. It's still a lot of unknown. Oh, exactly. And how have you, from a commerce kind of channel point of view, are, are you primarily focused on direct sales through uh, internet? Are you using distributors? Uh, are you using retail partners? What's What's been your go-to-market strategy? Yeah, so initially we launched um, D2C and, and that was, you know, our initial plan is, is let's kind of get some, you know, consumers using the products and, and get, although we have testimonials from Lots of people who used the products before we relaunched as Element Apothic with the new formulations. But, but let's really start establishing brand awareness and get our name out there. And at the same time, let's start working on our retail sales strategy. We have an incredible sales advisor that I've been working with for several months. And, and we have a great sales plan and sales deck. And so we are starting to do our retail outreach. We have had a couple successes in terms of um, opportunities. We're launching in a store called Showfields in Miami and New York and have a few wholesale orders that are continuing to to come in each that are continuing to to come in each week, um, and so that's the fifty fifty split. Um, and we are starting conversations with the with the sales broker and just looking at the ways as a small company that we can maximize and, and really expand our our retail and wholesale outreach. You know, when you have limited staff, you don't have a 
a full-time salesperson that you can afford that's just doing that. And so what are opportunities that we can use to to work with companies that have had success in this space and and really understand the market and and help us to to pave our way into getting some shelf space in some of those stores. Yeah. Any other um, kind of interesting business challenges? I mean, I, there's all sorts of things that any startup needs to kind of figure out and put in place and learn. But, you know, there's obviously challenges, additional challenges in cannabis. What have been some of the things that you've learned about starting an early stage business in, a, in the cannabis world? Yeah, I mean, I, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, part of it is there's just so many people that are in this space. And I think, you know, for various reasons, I think some people jumped in because they you know, had experience in consumer products and, and saw this as an opportunity to to move in and expand their reach. I think other people jumped in for, for the wonderful dollar that we all, you know, that everyone mm-hmm. understands exists in this space. And and so I think a huge part of just getting in now is the, the competitive landscape and, and how do you show that you're a company that stands for more than just being another CBD brand. I, I did a, a pitch the other day where we're also fundraising and someone said, when you first started or when I first saw your name on the list of companies presenting, I thought, oh, another CBD brand <laughs> launching. <laughs> um, and so he said, when you started, I kind of was like, oh, here's, you know, here's another Me Too company that's bringing CBD body care wellness products. And, and you know, and he said, and then you mentioned trust, that we're a trustworthy brand. And he says, and that connected with me because that's what we're, yeah, you know, a lot of the industry really needs to evolve too. And so I think, I think it's just how do you get brand awareness and, and pave the way to me is big um, in this space. That's one. And another thing is, is also we are actively fundraising and I've reached out to, to people that I really believe could have an impact and help our business move forward, but they're still unsure about investing in their space. They're not sure what regulations are coming down and, and, and how's that going to evolve and what impact will that have on the business? So that's another thing. I think there's still a lot of uncertainty, although it's, you know, every day we get a little bit more clear, but every day we get a little bit more clear, there's also more uncertainty with others. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of two steps forward, one step back. Yeah, kind exactly. Of the of things. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, so that's another, you know, another thing as well. And then, and then really being able to source good, clean, you know, phytocannabinoids and making sure that that the companies that you're trusting really do stand behind their products, um, because. You know, we at one point got some oil from a company. We had it tested before we started and we're like, wait a second. I think the lab you used must have not been calibrated, right? Because we tested something different than what your COAs are showing. So it's really being able to partner with companies that you can trust and know that they also are in this for the right reasons. I mean, this is just the nature of the world right now in cannabis is that you have to retest things. I mean, I guess, I mean, how other than just testing every year, everything yourself, but the lab that you know and trust, are there ways to kind of validate or ways of increasing the level of trust you can have with your supplying partners? Yeah, but I think, you know, there are starting to be and there's there's companies that have come out that have got organic certification and, and just going through that process is so rigorous. So I think that does add a level of trust to those companies. Um, doing research, we did references and and talk to other brands that were utilizing their products just to ensure that there's consistency because you can get one batch and test great, but you want to make sure each batch that you get is going to to have similar testing results. And, and um, so it's just going through that process of, of really, like you would anything, right? Anytime you make a decision, you go through and make sure that you're 
doing your references, that you're that you're checking the background, making sure that they're a viable and valid company. Um, and then, yeah, just on your own, I, I think even with all of that, still going through that process of, of just double checking just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not just checking in the beginning, but checking in the end. Because I think what happens is a lot of companies, a lot of products anyways that we have looked at, they test in the beginning, but they don't test their final product and push out those COAs. But if you're heating your products and making bombs or, or something happens in the process, you might lose some of that potency in, in the mm-hmm. cannabinoids. And so what is your end result? And what do you need to tweak in your formulation to actually get out that product that you say you're putting out there? And I think a lot of companies are missing that stuff. I think it's so critical and so important for the consumer to to be able to know the product that I'm getting is exactly, you know, the product that you said I am receiving. Yeah. And you mentioned formulations. I mean, what what else are you using other than, you know, specific extracts from the cannabis plant? Are there other plant-based, you know, essentials that you're using in different ways? Tell us a little bit about how you're how you're approaching the formulation process. Yeah, so it's interesting. As mentioned, the formulations were, you know, created many years yeah. ago and, and each of the ingredients in those formulations were really looked at in terms of what value they can add, what what purpose, what symptoms can they support, what type of relief can they support. And so for example, our our relief balm has over 18 other plant-based ingredients in it and each one specifically to serve a purpose to, you know, how far can it penetrate, you know, things like that. Um, Experience-wise, what benefits do I get from it? What essential oils result in, in particular feelings and experiences? And so all of our products have a combination of many other um, plant-based ingredients. And we're also looking to other phytocannabinoids and not just CBD. So you know, we're looking at the research of CBG and what products would benefit from adding CBG in there and what products would benefit from adding CBN and then not just tinctures that support sleep, but we use it in our balm as well because it supports at a deeper level, um, helping with muscle recovery and stuff like that. So so we look at every ingredient in, in all of our products of what can we do to create the, the best product um, that will support as many things as possible for, for the people using them. Yeah. And as you kind of go forward, are there new products that you're researching? I mean, how, how do you kind of evolve and extend the product lines that you've developed? Yeah, so we have, we have as I mentioned, our medical advisory team. We also recently added a, a great integrative dermatologist. And so our medical advisory team is pulling together, really thinking about what products do we need to put out there that may be don't exist yet, or if they exist, what are ways that we can improve them by adding additional ingredients or changing the formulation? So that's an ongoing process. We recently even worked with, uh, we just signed with the medical GPO group as one of their preferred providers. And and so we looked at what a lot of their clinicians and practitioners are and, and what kind of product do we need to, to support their patients. So we are launching in March a new product called Be Well that has uh, turmeric and CBG and CBN and CBG and some other ingredients. That's more of just a general product to support health and homeostasis in the body. And so that's it's an ongoing process. We have monthly meetings with our medical advisory team, and and they're they're coming back and you know this ongoing spreadsheet of hey we could do this we could do that. Obviously, as a business, you you don't want to put out too many products too quickly because yeah. you don't have the room for people to adopt them. And and a lot of the products will be new in this space. And so there's education around that um, as well. So it's just a matter of really managing that product flow. Yeah. Always a challenge. You want to be innovative, but it takes money and time and bandwidth. Huh? 
to launch new products. Yeah, and a lot of education. I, I mean, I think it's another challenge in this space that I that I really am starting to understand that the lack of education or, or misinformation. I mean, you you mentioned to a group of people endocannabinoids, and they're like, "Huh? <laughs> What's your? Yeah, we have an yes. endocannabinoid system, or what are phytocannabinoids?" And and it's funny because they say these words, and then I don't think about it, and then you're talking to someone, and they look at you, you know, that blank face on a Zoom call, and and you think, "Oh yeah." I, I have to go through and explain that. And so that's a big focus that we have also taken on is is providing as much education as we can through blog posts and social media posts. And Dr. Swathi and I started a show called Contemporary Cannabis. It's really to help educate people as much as possible so that they really understand the benefits of just general wellness. And then how do you incorporate these types of products into your life to, to add value? Yeah. And I guess as you as you see this market developing and evolving, where where are you really focused in terms of what what is your core customer? What part of the market are you really focusing on developing products and solutions for? How how do you kind of winnow the world of cannabis users down to, you know, a specific group that you're focusing on? Yeah, for us it's interesting because we don't really look at it from a an age demographic or gender demographic. We look at it more from a psychographic perspective. And so we're we're really looking at the the conscious consumer, the the person that that's looking for clean, safe products, that wants a company that is supporting sustainability, that is focused on transparency. And those those pillars to us are really important. We feel touches that that consumer that is really thinking through those choices that wants to support her. Um, and not just only with the products, but, you know, like we joined 1% for the planet. And we did that because we, and me, especially, and all of our founders, we're really passionate about what as a company can we do to, to help just the world in general. And so even if it's small pieces that we can have an impact, if it's helping with sustainability, like our uh, package that we use for our lotion is made out of sugarcane ethanol. And, and so we're really focused on sustainability. So we're looking for that consumer that's looking for a company that, that focuses on all of those things. We call it our, the conscious consumer, to, you know, that's basically our, our target market. And that could be, you know, that could range in ages, that can range in, in so many things. But I think that's really the person that we're going for. Yeah. And is, is that a growing segment? I mean, how, how do you see the, the world of, of cannabis use sort of changing over time here? you know, in the coming months and months and years. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that, you know, you see articles all the time of clean beauty and sustainability and uh, transparency. So I, I think in general, people are, are starting to shift and really think about what am I putting in my body? What am I putting on my body? What does this company stand for? And really supporting that. And I see that moving into the cannabis space as well. I, I mean, there are other companies as well that I think are making that shift and, and doing a great job and setting a higher standard for what's expected in this space, which I think is just incredible. And and the consumers deserve better. So I think it's great that that shift is starting to happen. I expect to continue to see that really starting to become important to people. Yeah. Davina, this has been a pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, about the products, what's the best way to get that information? Yeah. So we have our website. It's elementapothic.com, which is a great place to check out our products and our blog posts and, and uh, learn more about the company. Uh, we're also working on growing our Instagram page, so our handles and Instagram and Facebook are Element Apothic um, as well. 
And if you're interested in, in uh, investing in our company as well, yeah. raising on WeFunder, uh, which is great because you can invest for as little as $100, which I think is cool because anyone can get in um, and start. And under WeFunder, you can find us at, under Element Apothic as well. Excellent. I will make sure that all those links, handles are in the show notes so people can get that information. Davina, thank you so much for taking the time today. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. That's it for this episode of Thinking Outside the Bud. Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our future episodes. See you next time. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets and access other great content. Visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>